You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drugmeyer, and on today's show, one of the original members of the show, John Kegley here with us to break down this weekend's game. But first, this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. For me, I usually try to gulp down some Pepsi as I'm praying for Justin Herbert not to get hurt because of the Chargers' bad offensive line, but Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons. We also do our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly on Facebook. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, another tough game to get into today. Tough for different reasons. It wasn't exactly a heartbreaking game, but first... Welcome into all of our new listeners. We really appreciate you guys checking out the show, especially you know after another really tough game. And then another special thank you to our loyal fans who are coming back and checking us out again. And I know that we need to get some stuff off our chest today after that tough game. I mean, I know for us in our group chat, we always kind of go a little bit silent after games like this. We all need to decompress a little bit. And the Chargers gave us a lot of reason to do that on Sunday when they lost 27-17 to to the Bills falling to 3-8 and eight on the season. So at first, we're going to start the show by talking about just some of the brutal clock management that happened throughout the entire game. We'll also talk about just some chances the Chargers missed, especially in the second half to get into the game. That led to them really not being able to come back and pull off a big upset against the Bills. And then we'll get into our full game recap, getting into the biggest plays from the game. We'll talk about a first half where the Chargers had some chances and then kind of petered out towards the end with some more issues and then... And then the third segment, we'll get into the second half and just get into the wild sequence down the stretch of this game. It was a little bit hectic, but a lot to get into for sure. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Los Angeles Chargers lost to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday in a game where the coaches' clock management skills were put to the test and they failed. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. The Chargers have had a lot of heartbreaking losses on their way to a 3-8 and season, and it happened again on Sunday when they lost to the Buffalo Bills 27-17 to in a game that could have been closer down the stretch. The Chargers had a lot of opportunities, but at the same time, they really screwed it up every chance they had toward the end. And David, this was a game that's going to be hard for Anthony Lynn to come back from because the coaching issues, the clock management was so put on display in this game. And I mean, you saw on the final sequence of the game where the Chargers just looked absolutely lost, not trying to conserve any time at all. And some of that goes to the coaches as well. But it wasn't just then, David. It was really the entire game. It was, but it's it's important to remember that the most important times for clock management is going into the half and at the end of football games. And for the Chargers, ever since Anthony Lynn became the head coach and has been out there as the guy in charge, the Chargers have had a lot of problems with clock management. This is not 
just a this year thing. In this game, before the half, I mean, the Chargers call a timeout with under uh, a minute to go on fourth down, only to punt the ball back to the Bills instead of just going for it, and also allowed 15 seconds to roll off the clock before even making that decision. And then at the end of the game, the Chargers throw a Hail Mary. They're able to actually complete that at the two-yard line. The Chargers take almost 20 seconds before they get on the ball and get lined up when they have no timeouts remaining. So time is of the essence, and they take their sweet time getting to the line of scrimmage. The Chargers run a running play when they have no way to stop the clock. In the press conference after the football game, Anthony Lynn said that that was a miscommunication. Immediately after that, the Chargers have another head-scratching move when they run a QB sneak when their offensive line was pass-blocking and not run-blocking, and then Justin Herbert gets crushed and the Chargers lose the football game. Just an absolutely terrible sequence of events, uh, which truly showcased all of the errors that Anthony Lynn has had with clock management and just crucial game decisions. It's on display in this game, and it's something that has to be addressed going forward, Daniel. And it was definitely most evident at the end of the half and at the end of the game, but also burning a timeout earlier on in the second half and then not having that later on when you really need it and you were already behind just so you could go out and kick a field goal. I mean, you either get the field goal unit out on the field or you go for it. Instead, you burn a timeout to punt, you burn a timeout to kick a field goal, and it was just a brutal show by this coaching staff and the lack of aggression was seen. Anthony Lynn talked about how he likes going for it on fourth and two, but not fourth and four. And the refs were moving the ball, but a miscommunication is definitely a cop out. That's something that no football team should ever do in that situation down near the goal line with no timeouts. And the Chargers should have had another chance, even though a small chance, but that was absolutely thrown away by the coaching staff, not just at the end of the game, but by giving up on points at the end of the first half as well and settling on a punt even though they were down by 11 points. But the Chargers still somehow, even as bad as they played, had a chance to get back in this game in the second half. The defense, although it wasn't great in the game, on three consecutive drives forced a turnover and the Chargers just could not do anything with it. They had so many chances. They got the ball back with a chance to go down the field and tie the game with a touchdown and seven points. They had multiple opportunities to really have to really make this game close and they only came up with three points on those three possessions David and even though the coaching is what it was and the clock management was terrible they had chances right there and the offense not the defense could not get it done the team that usually wins the turnover battle normally wins the football game but that was not the case for the Chargers in this one the first turnover here came from Devin Singletary who was running around the left side for a pretty good gain until Nick Vigil hits him from behind and knocks the ball out of his hands and uh, the Chargers did absolutely nothing with that. They went seven plays, 16 yards. Michael Badgley was able to hit a chip shot 27-yard field goal. The second turnover came when Josh Allen fumbled the snap and dropped it a couple times trying to secure the ball. But Joey Bosa was at the bottom of the pile, was able to secure that football and get the second turnover of the game for the Chargers. But they really did nothing with that as well. They went three plays, went negative two yards, and had to punt. And then the third turnover was probably the Chargers' best turnover of the game because Josh Allen made a questionable throw. The Chargers kind of baited him into that decision. Michael Davis picked off the ball and gave the ball right back to the Chargers, and you started to feel good about things. But the Chargers would inevitably, unfortunately, give the ball right back 
to the Bills via an interception and the the Chargers not capitalizing on these mistakes here by the Bills was one of the main reasons why they lost this game. It absolutely was. I mean, the Chargers had so many chances to get back in and the defense after having some games where they didn't capitalize on those turnovers, found a way to get the ball back to the offense. The Chargers end up going to three and eight on the season. Looking forward, it's going to be hard for head coach Anthony Lynn after a performance like this to keep his job, in my opinion, because there have been many blown leads. There have been many questionable decisions, but when it is put on display as much as it was in Sunday's game, there was no justification for what happened really after the game, no accountability really from the coaching staff, and I just find it hard to believe that the Chargers are going to want Anthony Lynn to lead this Justin Herbert era with the way things have gone so far this season. But we do have two more segments to get into because we do have to get into the full game recap. So we'll be getting into the first half coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the best way that you can get exercise during this pandemic is by getting a way to work out at your home. And you can do that with Echelon. Echelon can get you there and they offer the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and they're all new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. And I know it is really hard to work out from home sometimes, but the difference with Echelon is you're getting their world-class instructors who will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. All you have to do is go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. All right, guys. Well, it is time to get into the game recap, and we're going to be getting into all of the questionable things that happened in this game from the Chargers coaching staff and just the way the Chargers looked offensively wasn't great defensively was really hit or miss but of course the game didn't start out great when the Chargers ended up going three and out after their first possession the Chargers passed the ball three straight times Hunter Henry has a drop in the middle of them and the Chargers what seems like the like fifth consecutive game can't get anything going on their first drive of the game and the Bills take advantage of it they end they end up going four plays 63 yards and get a touchdown to put them up 7-0 but Really, it was how they got the touchdown, John, that showed me this was going to be a long game because we knew that Josh Allen had a big arm. We knew they were going to take some chances, but they don't get the touchdown more than likely unless Rayshon Jenkins ends up getting a 47-yard pass interference on a deep ball. And after that, Rayshon Jenkins actually had a decent game, but it's a combination of that play right there that sets him up in a first and goal situation. And also the fact that once you get to that, they just go at easy play action and find a guy all alone in the back of the end zone. And it's just showing all of the Chargers communication errors, all the problems that they have in their secondary and in coverage were kind of all summed up pretty quickly with the Bills' first drive. And it was just showing how out of place a lot of these guys were, whether you have communication or not. They were just out of place with the talent that they have. How are you letting Stephon Diggs get past you if you're Rayshon Jenkins? That's probably their best weapon, and you're letting him get past you and get a beat on you. That's unacceptable. Whether you have good communication, bad communication, you should know not to do that. But also, the guys were just all over the place on that first drive. No one was really in a, the right spot. It didn't even look like they were getting the audibles in either. They weren't being able to counteract what they saw at the line. And then when it comes to that final play of, on the touchdown drive, the tight end just sneaks right in the back and nobody is over there. The fact that Josh Allen almost threw it out of bounds almost made me think, like, okay, <laughs> is Josh Allen going to actually – 
let us come back into this game after right. that touchdown. Like, I mean, he almost blew that play himself. <laughs> and there was a couple of times he basically just did that. The Bills have a good chance to convert something, and he misfires or he throws an interception. He had opportunities like that, so it was kind of a – bittersweet moment is like okay we gave it that touchdown but Josh Allen might screw himself over in this game too when the Bills did a great job of not letting him try to do too much for the most part but I know exactly what you're talking about there's another screenplay to Cole Beasley that he airmailed on the sideline at 1.2 all in all he goes 18 for 24 75% completion percentage but I think you saw what the Bills coaching staff did for Josh Allen as opposed to what the Chargers coaching staff did for Justin Herbert, and I think that makes a huge difference, to be honest. But the Chargers did rally back on their second drive. They end up going 13 plays, 79 yards, and get the touchdown to make it 7-6 to six because Michael Badgley misses another PAT, his eighth overall missed kick of the season. And it's absolutely just brutal because, I mean, the Chargers just can't get out of their own way. At that point, they were already having some special teams issues. No disastrous plays like block punts, but... Joe Reed had a couple of return chances that didn't really go anywhere. Not great blocking, not great running by Joe Reed either. But either way, Eckler was back on that drive and actually looked pretty good. He had a 15-yard run. He had two catches for 23 yards, and then Herbert found Keenan Allen on third and goal in a tight window. And that play is pretty much unguardable. I don't know why we don't see that that often, especially if Justin Herbert can put it in that small window. He basically just got lined up against a linebacker in his own coverage, Keenan Allen makes the sure hand to grab on a rocket throw from Justin Herbert, finding the spot in the middle of the zone. But the Bills on their next drive weren't able to get anything going, and Joey Bosa was the reason because Bosa on third and short tackles Josh Allen on the QB keeper, something we were afraid of going into this one. Joey Bosa, I mean, just a man amongst men. You see Josh Allen breaking a lot of tackles, and (laughs) Josh Allen was not getting out of that one. From Joey Bosa totally derailed the drive third and short Josh Allen's running it you think they're going to get that Joey Bosa snuffs it out and then both teams on the next two drives end up going three and out on punts and in having to punt Joey Bosa gets a sack on the next drive for the Chargers defense and then the Chargers once again go 20 yards on their next drive and have to punt the ball again and that's when the Bills made them pay for it two empty drives by the Chargers offense which we thought would have a better game between the offense and the defense to be honest, but then David, the Chargers get got again. This time it's with a double pass. I mean, and of course that's wide open. I'm not surprised that it happened. I'm surprised nobody tried it sooner. Tavon Campbell bites on the pass out to Cole Beasley. It's a double pass. He ends up throwing it to a wide open Gabriel Davis, but that drive was also helped by the fact that Jerry Tillery ended up getting a Roughing the passer call, and the Chargers also gave up a 21-yard draw play. So it wasn't all that play, but it was like, of course, the Chargers are going to bite that hard on the fake. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like a play that always works against the Chargers. I mean, like most of the things this year. I mean, that was a thing of beauty, honestly. I mean, you got to give them credit for that play call. I mean, the Chargers bit so hard on that, it looked it looked terrible. But those trick plays, I mean, hey, you, you bust them out every once in a while, and you 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 do it when you kind of lull the defense to sleep. They did that against the Chargers, and they scored an easy, easy touchdown. Pretty good throw by Cole Beasley, too. Pretty good throw by Cole Beasley, but I thought it also was just kind of telling because it's like the Bills are pulling that off while they're up on you against a 3-7 and seven team, you know what I mean? Like, they're not too ashamed to pull out the tricks and do whatever they can to win, and of course, if the Chargers try to play like that, 
It's either getting intercepted or it's going to be like a 10-yard tackle for loss against Keenan Allen or something along those lines. The Chargers are unable to come back and answer that score again, and the Bills get the ball back and put some more points on the board because they go 12 plays, 60 yards, and get a field goal to make it 17-6. to The Bills did get lucky on that drive, though, because Joey Bosa did have what looked to be a sack on Josh Allen. Josh Allen, as his arm was coming forward, tried to tuck the ball, but the ball slipped out of his hands. It would have been char- you know, it would have been the Bills ball at the Chargers four yard line. It would have been a thirteen yard loss. Instead, they deem it an incomplete pass. And by the letter of the law, I guess you could make an argument there. I mean, he definitely wasn't trying to throw it. So I'd lead you to believe they might call it a fumble as they did on the field. But that play was pretty brutal because they end up going down and getting points. Perriman ends up getting hurt on the drive after a helmet-to-helmet hit. That gave them another free 15 yards. And, I mean, the Chargers were just giving up free yardage all day. But Joey Bosa, once again, derails the drive after making a great read on Josh Allen on a read option play. He hurts Josh Allen for one play, and then Bosa goes untouched for a seven-yard sack against Matt Barkley. Had to feel for Matt Barkley in that moment. He comes in for one play. And just gets absolutely blasted. They don't even try to block Joey Bosa. And that's what ends up holding them to a field goal in that situation. But once again, Chargers offense, chance to get back in the game. You're only down by 11. And they end up going seven plays, 33 yards, and have to punt. But that's not the issue with the drive, John. It's the way that it happened. More poor communication, more poor time management with the Chargers. They had plenty of time, two minutes and 10 seconds, to go down there and get some points. And what happens? Justin Herbert gets sacked. They end up taking a timeout, but they still had two timeouts to go. Keenan Allen ends up getting a big chunk of that lost yardage back. The Chargers go hurry up. Instead of calling a timeout, you still have two at this point. And then what do they do? They go a little dump off to Austin Eckler. He can't get the first down. And instead of either calling a timeout or letting all of the time run out so that the Bills don't have any time left. Anthony Lynn goes somewhere in between John and lets 20 seconds run off the clock and then calls a timeout. And then instead of going for it on fourth and two and you're down by 11, he punts the football. Nothing about it made sense. At first, I thought he was going to go for it. I, when he let the clock run down and they called timeout, I'm thinking, okay, maybe he might go for this and try to leave as little time as possible for the Bills in case they miss it. And if they get it, then you're probably going to be in field goal range. I'm thinking he's going for it. And then after the timeout, he punts it. And at the same time, I'm not surprised. I'm think, Right when I see it, I'm thinking, okay, this is the obvious conservative coach. Lynn. He's not going to take any chances to try to win this game. He's going to play not to lose again. It's the typical play calling we've seen all season, and it's still not changing. You switch your defensive coordinator and all this, but yet we're still not doing the fourth and twos. And when we did go for fourth downs in this game, we were still running it up the middle. It was the same mistakes over and over again that we've seen all year. So you can scapegoat George Stewart all you want, Anthony Lynn, but it comes down to you in the end. Yeah, and the special teams was still not great. And I don't think you'd expect, you know, overall great changes, you know, one week into the new coach's, you know, career at that spot for Keith Burns. But at the same time, still had a lot of the same issues. And for Anthony Lynn, I mean, you either want the time on the clock because you're going to try to get as manageable of a field goal as you can because you can't do a long one or feel good about it with Michael Badgley. Instead, you just let 20 seconds run off and then you call the timeout yourself and then punt. Made absolutely no sense. And unfortunately, that was not the end of the big-time mistakes 
from Anthony Lynn as far as clock management went. It only got worse in the second half, and we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar in the world, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and that is Built Bar. And for me, I've always told you guys that something has to taste good for me to eat it. It doesn't matter how healthy it is. If you're giving me a protein bar and it tastes super chalky, I'm just not going to have it no matter how good for me it is. And that's the great thing about Built Bar is they are delicious. They have delicious flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon, almond, cheesecake, whatever you like, they will have a flavor for you. And they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. And if you're trying to lose or maintain weight, you can do that while indulging in a delicious treat. Right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. If you guys go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. It doesn't have to be your first order. Your next order with Built Bar, even if you've already gotten them, will have 20% off with the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so the Chargers had a lot of chances to get back in this game, and we will get to all of those chances. But once again, the Chargers come out of halftime. The Bills get the ball back, and the Chargers once again, looked like they didn't make any halftime adjustments, and we'll get into all the blunders at the end of the game. But part of the reason this game was lost is how the Chargers came out of halftime. The Bills end up on their first drive going 12 plays, 57 yards, and they get a touchdown to make it 24-6. to Josh Allen gets his sixth rushing touchdown of the season. He made it look easy. Jerry Tillery gets another personal foul on the drive to give up another free 15 yards. And David, at the beginning of this second half, it was getting into blowout territory. The Chargers had their biggest deficit of the season down by 18. And once again, the opponent comes out from halftime, goes right down the field easily when the Chargers defense really needed to stop to try to get back in this game. And it wasn't all their fault, but at this point it was looking like it was just going to be the worst game they had all season. It absolutely was uh, looking that way, Daniel. And I mean, it didn't really get much better. It actually uh, probably uh, was their worst game of the season. So yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, Hey, they hadn't lost a game by more than eight points all year. Well, they lost by more than eight points in this one. They lost by 10 and honestly, it didn't even really feel like it was that close. I mean, I mean, anytime you get that many turnovers and you get three points out of it, it's just it just makes it feel even worse than it was. But at this point in the game, I mean, it, you felt like, man, is this one really going to get out of hand? I mean, it the Chargers made it a little bit closer, but I mean, still, it, it was it wasn't fun. There was never a moment where it felt like the Chargers were going to win. I mean, I think you could probably say that for the entire game. I think after the Chargers matched the Bills' first touchdown with a touchdown, it felt like. They might be able to stay in it and stay competitive, but then Michael Badgley misses the P18. You're like, okay, I mean, <laughs> we really don't have a shot here. We can't even tie the game up at seven. But they did show some fight on the next play. Air Kelly gets the touchdown. The Chargers make it 24-10 to when on fourth and goal. Josh Kelly goes airborne for the rushing touchdown. The Chargers end up finding Keenan Allen in the back of the end zone for the two-point conversion. And the drive is really set up by Josh Kelly exploding for a 33-yard run with a great block from Keenan Allen. The Chargers convert two fourth downs on the drive. It was nice to see you know, at least somebody diving over the top if you're going to try to get it in short yardage situations because you're not going to be able to just really sneak in behind your offensive line in that situation. But what I liked is the first fourth down, they actually just threw a pass to Mike Williams. They kept the ball in Justin Herbert's hands, and he completed a pretty tough pass, and Mike Williams made a pretty tough catch. But 
too often they weren't going with plays like that, John, and that was really shown when a couple of drives later, the Chargers have a chance to really get back in the game, and they go seven plays, 55 yards, but they get a turnover on downs. And obviously, you want them to be aggressive. You want them to be going for touchdowns. But in this case, once again, it's the play calling that we're looking at because the Chargers run it up the middle on third and fourth and one. Both times they get stuffed. At the end. Really, the worst part of it for me was the Chargers run it up the middle on third and one, probably knowing they're going to go for it on fourth down. But then the third quarter ends. So the Chargers had a whole you know TV timeout break to think about what they're going to do on fourth down. What they did earlier in the game, besides the goal line one, was they threw the ball. They come out again on fourth and one. They run the ball up the middle again. I mean, I even put on Twitter, I was like, please, Anthony Lynn, don't try to kick this field goal. And for God's sakes, don't run it up the middle. And they do it, and once again, it fails. Just like a broken record. Every single week, every single game, we're saying, why did we run it up the middle on third and one, or on fourth and one, or on first through fourth and goal? We're saying, why are we still running it up the middle? It has not shown anything. The passes to Mike Williams on the previous drive that got it done, or Josh Kelly jumping over the top, were plays that showed that there's more options than just a simple power move up the middle when we don't have a push up front. Right. It's been the same thing all year. You've not seen your offensive line once get a push on a fourth and one, and yet you still go with it. It's pretty ridiculous. The fact that Anthony Lynn has not been fired yet is kind of uh, getting annoying here. The, we need to see more of those passes that you saw to Mike Williams, The something that gives you a better chance, really. It's not saying it's guaranteed. No one here is going to say if you throw it to Mike Williams or Hunter Henry or Keenan on a fourth and goal – or fourth and one, it's automatic going to be good, but it gives you a better chance because it's your strength. Your strength is your passing game. Keenan Allen matched up one-on-one on a quick throw. Hunter Henry in the middle of the field. Mike Williams on a jump ball or even like a comeback route while he boxes out somebody are better options than running up the middle with no push. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, especially when we've seen it fail so many times already this season, and I know Shane Steichen is the play caller. I know Shane Steichen shares a lot of the blame for the Chargers' struggles offensively. Justin Herbert does as well. The wide receivers who are dropping passes do as well. But at the same time, when you look at this and the Chargers are doing the same thing, it's hard not to think that Anthony Wynn has something to do with that. I mean, even in his press conference, he's saying, in inches, I like to run it up the middle, right? I mean, he's telling you in those situations what he likes to do. He says when the plays are important, that's when he gets involved. It sure seems like that's something that is coming from him as a directive. And the Chargers, once again, are just brutal in those situations and can't do anything with it. But the defense did bail them out one of a few times that happened for them in this game. Nick Vigil did a good job of stripping the football. I talked about earlier in the game on Twitter, it looked good. The Chargers were going for strips early. They were getting their hands in there. They were being aggressive, trying to get the football out. And right when the Bills started picking up some chunk plays in the running game, The Chargers get the turnover. They get the fumble that they desperately need. I think Nick Vigil's been involved with every fumble that's been recovered or forced by the Chargers this season somehow. That part of it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But the Chargers can't really capitalize on it because they end up having to settle for a field goal. They go seven plays, 36 yards. Chargers get a free first down and new life after Justin Herbert got absolutely smoked on a rough in the passer call. I mean... Got hit low, which would have been a flag, and they didn't even call the low hit even after Joey Bosa got called last week and got fined for that. And then he gets hit up top to a high low hit. 
brutal Herbert is able to stay in the game. He doesn't have to leave for a play or anything like that. But the biggest thing was on third and one, the Chargers run a speed option play, David, with Joshua Kelly, and they lose three yards. And it's not just that play. Obviously, with that personnel, that seems like a questionable call. It ends up losing a few yards, and now you're not even going for it on fourth down. But this was another one where the clock management came in because not only do you run a questionable call with that personnel, if you give it to Austin Eckler in that situation, I think you live and die with the results. At least you're not running it up the middle, but you do it with Josh Kelly, who can't even get the corner on AJ Klein. And then Anthony Lynn says that they're you know moving the ball back from a fourth and two to a fourth and four. Anthony Lynn should have known it was like a fourth and four. He lost a lot of yards on that play. He ends up you know sitting on the sideline arguing with the officials and then calls and burns another timeout, which would have been great to have later on. And just another really bad sequence, first with the play calling, with the personnel, and then secondly with Anthony Lynn with more poor time management just to argue with the officials and, and send his field goal kicker out there anyways instead of trying to go for it. Right. Like, who the hell cares? I mean, who the hell cares if it's fourth and four or fourth and two? You should have gone for it either way. I don't really care about... The, I just I hate that decision. I hate that decision. I was screaming at the TV. Why in the hell are you not going for it? I don't care about two yards. If you can't draw up a play to get four yards, then what the hell are you doing in the NFL? Like, you got to take these chances from time to time. You're down. You have to make a play. They don't make the play. It's just another example of the inability to coach at the NFL level. The thing for me is, yeah, you cut it to a touchdown lead at that point, but that's assuming that the Bills are going to get no more points for the rest of the game on, and I don't know how you'd have any confidence there because even though you get that field goal, guess what? They push it back to a 10-point lead with another field goal later on, and it just seems like you know Anthony when talking about it saying, I'm not going to go for it on fourth and two, but I'll go for it on fourth and four. It's like you should have plays for both those situations and feel better about leaving the ball in the hands of your offense, and they just weren't doing it. So the Chargers end up settling for three to cut it to seven points. On the next play, the Chargers get beat on another deep pass. This time it's Tavon Campbell covering Gabriel Davis, and they, I mean, Davis went over the top and absolutely mossed Tavon Campbell, who looked like he was in good position. The Bills end up getting 44 yards, but then Josh Allen fumbles. Joey Bosa recovers. A lot of people at the bottom of that pile, and nobody was getting it away from the Big Bear, and the Chargers get it back. But what happens? The Chargers go three plays, negative two yards, have to punt the ball back, and Herbert gets sacked on third and five and fumbles it but is able to recover it. And once again, the Chargers defense comes up huge and gets an interception. This time it's Michael Davis. The Chargers ran a stunt with Chris Harris Jr. off the edge. They got pressure. You know, We talked about it last week. Josh Allen will make some questionable throws. This time, Michael Davis picks it. He lobs it up. It wasn't a great throw. Chargers get the ball back only for Justin Herbert. Four play, or Three plays later, throwing an interception of his own. And for that interception, Herbert hesitated. He double-clutched it. Um, if he throws it on the first time he was going to throw, he has Hunter Henry in a window. He waits too long. He ends up throwing an interception. And re- I mean, going into the fourth quarter, the Chargers had eight third downs that were third and eight plus. This one, I think, was third and six. At the same time, I mean, it was just, it was a bad pick, but obviously not what made the entire game. This is when things got frustrating again, because the Chargers were down in the game by seven, and then they allow a field goal drive by the Bills, six plays, 40 yards, and this drive started with two runs of 31 and 24. They were getting gashed on the ground. If not for 
a penalty to Zach Moss, I mean, it would have been even worse. He ends up getting unsportsmanlike conduct. I didn't really see what happened on it, but the drive is once again derailed by Joey Bosa, who was a one-man defensive show in this game. He gets a four-yard tackle for loss, and there's a holding penalty where there was actually another cheap shot. This time it was on Rayshon Jenkins by Gabriel Davis on the sideline. That gets declined. The penalty makes it like third and 19, and the Chargers are able to get off the field, but then we saw some more mismanagement, John, because somehow it takes the Chargers three minutes and 26 seconds down by 10 at the end of the game to get down the field. And it really, it took a couple of miracles to make it happen. I mean, Justin Herbert ends up getting sacked and on fourth and 17, he escapes pressure and throws a 46-yard bomb to Jalen Guyton, who looks like he catches it, I mean, close to the end zone, if not a touchdown. Then there's a holding call. You have to go back. And then on fourth and 27, Somehow the Chargers convert. Tyron Johnson ends up coming out of a crowd of defenders in Keenan Allen with the football and almost sneaks into the end zone himself. And then everything went to crap for the Chargers. They don't. They take forever to get down there. Once they get down there, they run the football, John. I don't know if I've ever even seen that in that situation by anybody. I mean, even if you just want to kick the field goal and leave time for yourself to try to get a touchdown after an onside kick, it was absolutely brutal. It ends up with two incomplete passes where Justin Herbert gets roughing the passer again for another, you know, half the distance to the goal. The Chargers throw a ball to Mike Williams that isn't close. And then with three seconds left, Justin Herbert does a quarterback sneak where the offensive line is pass protecting and he gets absolutely massacred to end the game. And I just don't think I've ever seen a wild sequence like that that was that bad by any Chargers coach. And I think we just saw some of the worst coaching we've ever seen in a Chargers game. Without a doubt you did. You had so many opportunities given to you towards the end of this game and you could not capitalize on any of it. I mean, even that unsportsmanlike conduct on Zach Moss. Like he, all he did was throw the ball back into the field to play like players do. Players catch a pass, a they just throw the they just throw the ball on the floor like anybody else. But I guess Moss like threw the ball and it happened to hit one of the Charger players and that's what got the flag. It wasn't really him being a jerk, nothing. He was just doing what any other player does. Just drops the ball, but the referees gave you a flag. You had a second chance, and the next play is a big run. You have second chances coming at you left and right on that final drive to where you like, okay, maybe you have a chance at a miracle here, and you blow that too. You got a fourth and twenty-seven hail mary converted by Tyrone Johnson, the undrafted guy, not you know Mike Williams making a play right. that you expect him to play. This was an undrafted guy making a miracle play, and instead of running down clocking it, bringing the field goal unit on, kick the field goal, and then leaving it up to an onside kick and maybe some a couple of Hail Marys. That maybe Tyrone Johnson does it again. You run the ball, and then you take forever. First, you took forever just to get down there to run the ball, and then you get take forever setting up to do the ugly pass to Mike Williams. How, how are our players not having this urgency, this tempo, to hurry up and set up and clock the ball? I watched the Chiefs. Tampa Bay and all these other teams and you would have thought like their lives depended on this they're getting up there so quick to down and spike the ball or anything or even just a no huddle offense their completion hurry up set up completion hurry up set up the Chargers we get a completion we're just taking our time sweet time at the line oh now we run the play okay we wasted 20 seconds on that play like what is with our coaching I mean it takes you 13 plays to get there right I mean it has to be bigger than that like and that's with a 50-plus yard completion. And really, I think the only thing I take away from it is Justin Herbert is very good at throwing Hail Marys. I mean, Jesus. 
both times escapes pressure, throws it as high as he can, gives his receivers a chance. That was impressive in its own right. But it's just crazy to me that, you know, you can't look at the coaching staff when every time the Chargers get into a situation like this, it looks like it's the first time. And obviously the players have something to do with that as well, but it's just hard to say that the Chargers are getting their players ready for these situations, which is inexcusable because of how many times the Chargers have been in these situations. I mean, we've seen these things happen all year and the Chargers still every time seem so unprepared to be down in this game trying to get points a lot of check downs a lot of poor time management I just don't know how Anthony Lynn escapes this season with his job I mean I haven't just been public out there saying fire Lynn fire Lynn fire Lynn but at the same time after seeing something like that I just don't know what the argument is to keep him in charge of the new Justin Herbert era but that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Tomorrow we'll be getting back into what went right and what went wrong from this game. I mean, there's definitely some good from this game. Joey Posa was a maniac. We'll talk about that and some more. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there and make sure to rate and review. We would really appreciate it. If you guys want to get your reactions to the game in, the voicemail line is 323-524-7924. Ask us a question. We will get it on the show if we can. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.